Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Sure, how much thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Before I came up here, I went and was sitting there getting ready to come up, and, and a friend behind me goes, did you know you're preaching this morning? <laughs> And you know what, in my, immediately in my mind, somehow preaching, I, I think of one thing, and I, I find it easier to just say, no, I'm not preaching, I'm going to be sharing from my heart. I find it easiest to just simply share from my heart what I hear the Spirit of God saying. And so, to be honest, he did give me last minute. And if it wouldn't have been for the Holy Spirit already depositing this word almost a year ago in my spirit, and then it was premature. You know, I'm convinced of that. When God doesn't open a door, you know that it's not time. Keep it in there. And just someone needs to hear that. When you feel a seed of God inside of you and you feel like you're ready to pop, but it doesn't, a door doesn't open, be patient. It's kind of like carrying a baby in your womb. Some of you mamas know what it is to carry something inside of you. And if the door doesn't open, then you know that God has got a season and a time that's right for you. All right? So, wasn't planning on saying that, but so is it. So... This, this morning, the word, the, the title that came to me that could encapsulates this whole thing that God gave to me is mothers. That's what we're celebrating today. It's mothers, carriers of the nature of God. I don't know if you realize that when Jesus and God the Father... When the Trinity created woman, it was very intentional. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 speaks here, is that then God said, we all know this, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and over the livestock, and over the earth, and over all the creatures that move along. So there's authority, there's responsibility. But then another word comes in 27. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So there was a distinct difference, as sure as when an ultrasound is taken. Come on, mama. What do they do? The first thing you're wanting to know, and they have an ultrasound. You're going to have a, a boy or a girl. You're going to have a girl. You're going to have a boy. Back in my day when I was pregnant, they didn't have ultrasounds for average Joe. So I always had the, um, the surprise factor. But it always was a boy <laughs> for me. But let's look at image, because in this verse, it's talking about image. And image is spoken three times in just those verses. He's talking about the image of God. That's not by chance, but that is strategically planned by God. There was nothing else in creation, in all the animals, everything that was created, nothing was planned and stamped with the image of God, except for man. Image... You probably think we, we know, but I always like to look and make sure that I'm not thinking something that it doesn't mean. Because I looked it up, and I found that it says it's shape, it's a resemblance, 
It's a figure or a shadow. You take a picture like, I have a shadow this morning. You have a shadow. Where you're sitting, there is a shadow, and it reflects what is there. So the resemblance was of God, I believe, in the natural. But see, he also goes and he connects it to your function. So the nature of God, all that God is, and we know it because we look in the word and we see the nature of God. So what aspect of his nature, what resemblance of his nature do you as women carry? And I'm going to begin to say women because it's a woman and not just a mother. Because the womanhood carries a mother nature. Whether you ever have children or not. That's why today I am going to honor womanhood. God strategically created you as a woman. You resemble a part of the heart of the Father. You're not a, you're not a happen chance. I'm not talking about personality. That's another whole dimension. But this morning, I'm looking at the nature of who a woman is. An image reflects the purpose of God. Secondly, it shares in God's authority that he wanted us to have in Jesus Christ. Our function and our nature... Our manufacturer gave us a manual. I don't know if all of you, when you get something, when you buy a new product, what always is in that box? Before you ever put it together, what do you find in that box? I find a manual. Here at uh, the church, we got that double griddle, what is it called? Blackstone. And these men got this Blackstone griddle, you know? So here's our manual. We've got to keep it. What's in the manual? The manual says, this is what I planned for it. The manufacturer said, if you do it this way, you'll function well. But if you don't do it, you don't build a fire on it. You don't grill in any other way than how... It was planned by the manufacturer. I went and I grabbed the, in my drawer the gas stove that we've got at the house. And every, here's our refrigerator and all of this stuff. Everything's got a manual. And how many of you read your manual? I, I'll be honest, I don't. Not until something happens and I can't figure it out. On the, on the dang stove that I got, I had to go and read the manual to figure out how to set the timer because I wanted it to bake while I was at church. And so I had to get the manual out and I read the manual and it tells me how, I'm gonna, how it needs to function. And if I push this button, it'll do this. And then it says, set the... Okay, so I push this, but the manual, the manufacturer is the one that told me how it functions best. And if I do it right, it'll work. We found that out pretty stark reality when we, we had it in our hearts to give to some pastor friends in Pensacola, Florida. And uh, God, God's just allowed us to do that in so many things. We love to give and to sow in, in lives of people that we want to bless. So we bebop down to Pensacola, Florida with two office furniture things in the, in the U-Haul that is behind us because we couldn't get it in the van. So we drive the U-Haul and we have a regular, it was a caravan, correct? Does anyone that is a, a mechanically minded, do you have any idea what happened to that van? We did make it there. The grace of God did enable us to get it there to complete office furniture, the whole set. We took it. We installed it. God got us home. But within two days, guess what went out? 
You got it. Because the manufacturer never designed, hear me, he never designed for that van, van to function hauling a U-Haul. And when we don't follow the manufacturer's manual for our lives, we break down. But the more I read the manual, and the manual is the Word of God, going back to what God's intent was from the very beginning, He said, if you do it this way, you're made to function best in my presence. You're made to function with no bitterness. You're made to function, come on, and I could go on and on. The word is our guide. It's our manufacturer's manual. And he says, if you follow it, you're blessed. If you don't follow it, you'll break down. And I'm saying this because when we look at womanhood, our manufacturer, God himself, strategically spent the time to take out of Adam, the next chapter goes in detail, but I, for time's sake, I don't want to go, but it's strategically. And I think it was so much more than physical. We always look at the physical differences, the natural differences. But see, with the natural differences comes the nature. If the nature wasn't there, the natural would be screwed up. It would be lacking. And what I want to do this morning is look at what God showed me was part of his preparation, ladies, for your womanhood. You've got the nature of God. It's in you. Woman is stamped to carry the nature of God. His image can't be separated from his nature. Every time you experience Jesus in your life, don't you see another realm of his faithfulness? You see another realm of, God, you're so good. I can't see Jesus without seeing his nature. And in the same way, you can't see woman without seeing her nature. It's planned by God. So let's look at some of the natures, if you would. I have three that, and there's more than this, I'm sure. This, so this isn't exhaustive at all. But I just want to go and cap on about three different areas. His image or his nature, it's almost, I'm going to interchange it. But when you see me say image, I'm going to refer, it's almost like a nature. The nature that is reflected in us. Number one, we are life givers. We're life givers. We're birthers. That is part of who we are. The very DNA, when God created us, he created us physically with a portion to carry a baby nine months. Find a man with that. <laughs> I'm absolute. But you men, us women don't have what you have. You're the seed giver, we're the receivers. That's our nature. Strategically designed by God. We have the ability to birth. We have the ability to wait nine months, and that's by the grace of God. <laughs> I'm telling you, we wait nine months and we carry and we're uncomfortable and it's like our back starts bothering us. It's in us. It's part of our, who we are. Let's look at just a few verses, verses here where I saw about God's life-giving. He's a birthing nature. Look at John 1.4. It says, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. 
God's nature is life. He's a birther. He's continually depositing seeds in us. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin. We all know this. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, he's a life giver. The very essence of who God. You can't touch Jesus without getting life. John 10, 10 says, the thief... Our enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's defining his nature. But Jesus said, but I have come so that you may have life. And have it, not just life, how abundantly. He wants it to be to the full. That's why I never, I'm just, I never stop pursuing Jesus. Because I need more life. He came and deposited, and for the amount that I can walk in, he deposits life. But he continues to pour life inside of me. I never want to become complacent or content. I want more of your life. Oh, yeah, we have the amazing ability to carry life become pregnant, and then carry in this little cocoon a life for nine months. We're able not only to carry it, but we're able to supply all the needs of that little baby as it's being formed. It's a miracle. It's a gift. I'm so glad I'm a woman. I just, I'm glad I'm a woman. It's so honoring. This life-changing nature is part of our DNA. If you could put that first picture up. Yes. This is the miracle right here. By the way, I got permission, just so you know. <laughs> it's not a surprise. But I said, Bethany, can I, I, I mean, you know how social media, you could just see so many pictures. But there's something special after she's typically it's labored for hours. And she's got that little one. The miracle of being a mother, the new life. We're life givers. We're birthers. It's in our nature. It's in our DNA. And it continues to propel us to bring forth life. I passed my birthing season, but the nature of birthing and life-giving still flows in my DNA. And it will go to the very end. It will go until I die. And when you recognize it, you'll honor that nature. You'll function in that nature. I was asking Coach, because I know she's dealt in chemistry, and I, I was asking her last night at Life Group, I said, Coach, if there was an arm or a leg, like, okay, Denny came upon an accident when he was a teenager. Some of the schoolmates, there was a horrible accident. Train came, hit a carload of teens that were from the school, he happened to come on that scene. And there was an arm here and a leg there. It was horrible. Then he said, I just, I got out of there. But if you find an arm and a leg, this is what I asked coach, if you'd find an arm or a leg, could you figure out if that was a man or a woman? Was it a male or female? Oh, absolutely. I said, really? That's all I needed to know. Think on that. Every part of your being is male or female. Your DNA goes in every cell of your body. You can't separate it. It was defined by God himself. 
rejoice in it. It was defined at the beginning. When he says, I knew you in your mama's womb, he meant it. I knew you and I set you apart. That birthing, that life-giving thing that is inside of you and I, it goes and it functions inside of you your entire life. It's that life-giving, birthing nature that is inside of you, that's from God, that brings an anointing, that anointing of intercession. Some of the most strategic intercessors are women of God. Because they know what it is to carry a seed and to birth it and to travail and whatever it takes, I'm going to have this baby. We're intercessors. It's that birthing nature inside of us. We carry that birthing nature. Women, hear me. You carry that birthing nature. Not just for your children, but it can be for your home. It can be for your marriage. It could be for anything. The vision of God that God's given you. Birth it. Carry the seed. Intercede. Birth it. Birth it. You've got the nature. Second nature I'm going to look at. That's part of our DNA. We're nurturers. What's nurture? Well, the definition means it's to feed, to train, or help develop something or someone while it grows and develops. And I could put in there to, the, to maturity or whatever. It's anything you can nurture a plant. You could go and nurture anything you want to see grow. And doing whatever is needed. When any of you get poinsettias, what do you notice a poinsettia at Christmas time? You go to Home Depot, you go to Walmart, you go anywhere. What do they often have around that plant? They've got this, they keep this ugly looking plastic on that thing all the way up. You know why? Because the nature of a poinsettia is if it gets cool breeze, it won't bloom or it won't, it's like it wilts. So I'm here to say we do whatever we need in the same way I deal with a poinsettia to feed, to nurture, and equip. It's whatever it takes to bring this thing to its fullness, to the best. That's nurturing. That's in the heart of a mother. Let's look how we see that in God. Hosea 11:41. He says, "I led them with cords of loving kindness or human kindness, with ties of love. To them I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek. I love this, and I bent down to feed them. I bent down to nurture them. I make sure whatever it takes, I'm willing to do it. It may be sacrifice. It may take more effort, but I'm going to nurture you. I want to see you. I have a vision. Nurturing is one thing that's important with nurturing. I got to see where it's going. That's part of the nurturing inside of you. I see beyond now. So as mamas see future, it's in our nature. Psalms 18.34, he trains. I'm looking at the feeding, the training, the nurturing. He says, he trains my hands for battle. My arm can bend a bow of bronze. God himself trains us. He equips us with his word. He equips us to do whatever it takes to nurture us, to bring us to all that he has. 
The nurturing nature in a, in a woman is in every little girl. And I wouldn't be a grandma if I wouldn't go and put these, it's just this wonderful picture of a little girl. You don't have to even teach a girl to do that. Did you, any of you have to teach your girls to do that? It's just like it's in their DNA. They, they want to be like mama. They want to do it. Born with it. The nurturing is in the nature. To feed, to train, to care for. And it births vision. I touched on that a moment ago. It, inside of it, not only is the feeding and the training, but we, it, in that DNA in, inside of every woman... We see future, it's a vision. You all know this song. Mary, did you know that your baby boy? We all love that song. But could I put any of your names in? Sharon, did you know that your baby girl will one day what has God shown you? We function best as mamas, seeing the vision for our children. And oh, I can attest to this. I had three sons. So I have three sons, but not one of them is like the other, even though people get them mixed up. But none of them are like the other. And each have a distinct anointing and call. So I nurture with the vision of God in my mind. It is the nurturing nature to do whatever it takes to protect, to provide, to train, and to equip for adulthood. It's training and who we, what we value. Part of training, feeding, nurturing, it's when I train them in what matters most in life. Oh, my mama was amazing. sharing with the life group last night. She taught me many things, but one of the precious things that I will never, ever lose sight of was the fact that she taught us, she taught me the value of forgiveness and that love always wins. We went through the shunning. Some of you don't, maybe don't know that. We went through the shunning, and it is horrible. Shunning is horrible when you're walking through it. But my mom and dad set their heart on walking in love, no matter what, and keep sewing. I'm talking about training, equipping, and nurturing. You are training your children. You're training your grandchildren in what matters in life. How do I live? What about God? How important is God in my daily life? Do they see you spending time with the Lord? Is he first? Our time, our resources... We teach and nurture them in the keys of relationships. My mom, by, by spending time with me, she connected me to relational qualities. I discovered how to communicate, how to relate. You're training, you're equipping. This is the anointing that is on you as mothers. 
You're training in the character. You're training about integrity. Are you the same teaching my children that it's the best that you can do even at your own expense? Be a man of truth. If you say something, you're going to do it. About honesty, about faithfulness. You're the equippers, you're trainers. This is your, your DNA. It's part of who you are. This nurturing nature is so strong. It's willing to sacrifice anything and everything outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ and submitting to Jesus. And this is where I want to bring it in. This nurturing in nature is so, so strong in us as women. But when it's not submitted to Jesus Christ, the manual, remember? If it's not submitted to Jesus Christ, it becomes selfish, it becomes self-gratifying, and we will use our children to fulfill our need of identity and to cover our own feeling of failure. And we try to fulfill in our sons and our daughters what we feel we missed in our childhood. And it's not about the child's destiny, but it becomes about what it's in for me. And we drive our children because it's in us. We're trying to fill. But when you come to Jesus, he fills and heals and allows you to be the nurturer God created you to be. And you return to being useful and really feed, lead, and nurture. And it's not about you but it's about him. Amen. It's God's dream and destiny. Our goal as a mother is to prepare our children, our grandchildren, and even some of us great-grandchildren for their God-given destiny. I have a precious 20-year-old granddaughter that I meet with. Not enough. But when I meet with her, guess what I'm doing? I'm speaking what I remember when she was three years old. Sweetheart, there's an anointing on you. Don't sell short. You're anointed. And I speak the life of God because she's already experienced just enough disappointment. But I see the big picture. And I speak the life and the destiny that I saw way back. That's being a nurturer. I agree with what heaven's agenda is for her. God's heart, his desire, is that we, in the body, there's some of you that are with me. I see so many wonderful grandmas sitting out there, those of you I can see. But you're with me. And that DNA, that nature, that nurturing nature, and if I could call out in the spirit realm, if there's ever a time and a season, the church needs spiritual mamas. Come on, mamas. The DNA is in you. Let it rise. And God brings strategically people into your life and speak the life of God into them. Speak what God's destiny is over them. It doesn't take training. It just takes 
a willingness to speak truth and speak from the lessons that God has taught you. That God is good and he is faithful. Yeah. I tell my granddaughter, God's, gonna, God's got something. I don't know when it's coming, sweetheart, but it's coming. He's in the waiting. <laughs> God's heart when he gave his children is seen in Malachi 2.15. Has not the Lord made them one flesh? Talking about marriage. So we think we're talking about marriage. But somehow, all at once, he goes to, to something else. And he says, and why one flesh? He said, because he was seeking a godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. In other words, it is marriage, but God's heart is just like ours needs to be. It's about a bigger picture than just the present. He's wanting a godly offspring. Genesis 18, 19, for I have chosen him, he's talking to Abraham, so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. His heart was that as we raise our children with the fear of the Lord in their lives, we have to teach our children dependence on God. By our example, we get to do that. He is first in every area of our life. And we show them by our lives that it's, it's worth it to do that. That God is faithful as he, they see us walk. And we're going to trust. And we're going to learn to wait. And we're going to go and forgive. And we're going to... All of that is training and equipping those who are watching. Our children, our grandchildren... That he truly is good. He truly is good. It's God's values that open the door for the blessings of God in our life. And can I just ask, ask you to just really evaluate? Because what I see in so many homes, please hear my heart. Society will want to shape you by their values, but it's not the manual's values. And society wants to cause you to think that if you don't have them in this league and that league and this one, and you find yourself running here and there and everywhere, wanting them to be successful. But what is it shaping what is it creating? And I'm not, please don't, don't hear my heart. It's not that I'm saying they're wrong. But you're teaching them values. You're teaching them life. You're teaching them how to win and how to lose. And what really matters in life. Everything. You're showing them how life works. The last one is he created in our DNA to be a comforter. A comforter is one who soothes someone in distress, in sorrow. It is there to ease misery and grief. Hmm. That's in our DNA, ladies. That's an essential component. Have you ever been comforted by the Holy Spirit? That's in our DNA. He says, I'm going to send the comforter. So part of your DNA, whether you've ever had a baby, part of the little girl that is sitting beside you is a life giver, is a nurturer, and a comforter. It's part of the DNA. The comforting nature in a mama is a safe place 
for her children. As I read these words, somehow I can't help but hear and see the Father. Soothe in distress or in sorrow to console, to bring hope. That's the nature of the Father. And that's what's in you and I, ladies. I, even I, Isaiah says, am he who comforts you. Studies show that in therapy, comfort is one of the key ingredients if it's going to be a healthy, emotionally developed child. And what was found is that, and it's, it's something I ask often when I'm dealing in challenging situations, what memory do you have of receiving comfort from one of your parents? This picture right here is when he was in the hospital. He was in distress. Christina said, please don't put any pictures with me on. And I thought to myself, how am I going to show a comforter without the comforter? Because just showing him doesn't display the comfort that he needed. She looks the way she does because she had spent most of the night awake with him. That's a mama. She'll do whatever she needs to. Comfort is a key component. Do you know that in, when the question was asked, what is your memory of the strategic comfort that was brought into your life? And what is found, 75% of adults have no memory of receiving comfort. Does that help you know some of the issues in our nation? Because when you don't have, when comfort comes, let me, let's, let's look at these. Comfort comes, this is what happens. Key components. Pastor Dave, would you come? I want you to start. We're nearly closed. Comfort brings to a child, number one, value. It says, I matter. That's the heart of the Father. Now, as I'm saying these, just go and continually reflect back and forth. I value. I matter. It gives me a sense of trust and support. Comfort makes that I feel safe. The Father. I'm safe. I'm cared for. When the Father touches you, He says, you're safe. I've got you, girl. What comfort brings it makes that I can trust. It's safe to bond in relationships. This is where it comes up in marriage over and over. When you find marriages, they just emotionally can't bond. Go check out the comfort. It's safe to bond to the Father. It deposits identity. And it helps that it's safe for me to be vulnerable and to be honest with what I'm feeling. So when it's difficult to share, I know it kind of sounds like psychology, but see, God knows. He created us. So you're getting a little bit of information that will help you maybe understand some things about you. But God made us strategically. And that's why only for most of us, if we had a lack of comfort in our childhood, the Father can heal. He's safe. I can tell him stuff that's really not right. I can tell him when I'm mad. 
I can tell him when I feel ripped off. I can tell him when I feel judged, when I feel misunderstood. Comfort enables us, gives us the ability to ask for and accept help from others. Comfort enables us to receive comfort. Remember the verse that says, I'm going to comfort you, Jesus said, with the comfort that I've been given from him. Comfort in our emotional well-being enables us to give comfort to others. Mamas walk in your comfort nature. And as we walk in our comforting nature, we prepare all those children in the natural and our spiritual children that they can receive comfort from the Father. That's good. I'm done with the Word, but I'm not done with ministry. Because the Holy Spirit asked me to just bless you. Would every woman and girl, if there's any girl in this house, I want you to stand. Because this isn't about just mamas. It's about your DNA. It's in every fiber of your being. You now understand who you are. Your nature is there by God himself. It wasn't by chance. Now that you've stood, I'm asking you to close your eyes if you would. Everyone, if you feel like you don't know the manufacturer. You may know him, but you've really not been living for him. And you feel like you're broken. You're like an oven that you push buttons and it's not working right. And today on this marked Mother's Day, you'd like to say, I want to give my life afresh and anew to Jesus. Would you lift your hand? I've got to give this opportunity. Is there anyone? Thank you, Lord. Now the second part that the Lord asked me to do, if you feel like you're one of the Ones that life maybe has wanted to deform you. This is your day. The Father wants to come and to touch you. So that you can walk in the nature that he put inside of you in a brand new way. Would you raise your hand? God's going to touch you. The Father's safe. He takes warped boards and he straightens them by the power of the Spirit. So Father, I thank you right now. Jesus, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to come and to touch every woman's heart. Would you just put your hands open? I see almost like the handmaiden of the Lord. And I want you to fix your eyes on your creator. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He made you. He formed you. He shaped you. He said he knew you. 
So, Father, take my nature. I submit it first to you. It's not about me, but God, it's about your purposes, your plans for my life. And Father, I set my heart to being the woman of God, the mother of God, the nurturer of God, the woman who brings comfort, the woman who destines nurturing, is willing to feed, to train, equip for your purposes. And God, most of all, God, we grab a hold of that thing inside of us that is willing to birth and carry the seed of God till it's flourishing, till it's ready to be birthed. We will pray till we see it happen. We will intercede, we will feed, we will lead until we see it come to life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Be Lord over our lives, Holy Spirit. We give you our life. We give you the anointing that's on our life. It's your anointing. We give it all to you. We will be encouragers. We will speak the hope and the life of God. And we will bring comfort. We will have your nature and bring the comfort that you've put inside of us. And we will make it safe to love. We will love like you've loved us in abandonment. No reserve. No cold love in us, Father. Make us a true reflection of your nature, Holy Spirit.